Welcome back to Sharpen the Iron Podcast, where it is my job to share with you tools, lessons, inspiration, and ideas to help you sharpen your iron mind, empowering you to go out and walk with God day by day to maximize your life. Today we are talking about removing dark corners from our lives. So I use this analogy of mowing when I post about this idea on Instagram. Anyone can mow the wide open pasture spaces and make them look good, make the lines look straight. You know, anyone can be a good or a nice person outwardly and appear like they have their lines straight. But are you willing to trim up around all the edges, around all the trees, the bushes, the landscaping, those inconvenient and uncomfortable places? Are you willing to clean up all the nooks and crannies of your own lawn, of your own heart? You know, the same idea applies to our inner lives. Anyone can deceive man. You know, I can put on a good outward show and appear again to have my lines all straight, to be a good person. But what is in my heart? That's what it all is about. You can deceive man, but you cannot deceive God. Hebrew 4 Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing is hidden from him. All things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We conceal no thought, no words, no intentions, no actions from God. He sees all. And Jesus tells us that where murder, adultery, theft, jealousy, and sin all begin, it's in every man's heart. That's where sin begins to dwell and grow in every man's heart and every man's mind. Murder begins within your mind. It's not an outward thing. It happens in man's secret place, the heart and mind that only him and God see. And Jesus tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. So essentially, he's, he doesn't want some of you He doesn't want some of your life, some of your money, some of your time, effort, gifts. He wants everything, and he will continue to pursue you until everything is given back to him because it's his in the first place. It's the image of him knocking at the door, but there's no door handle. The door handle is on the inside, and only you can let him in, but he will continue to knock. He wants all of you because he loves you. He wants all your thoughts, words, and actions. He is always present, and with him, there are no dark corners. So I want to share about my experience and kind of coming to this point where I've realized this is something that is really happening in my life. Um, And it's both, in my experience, it's a terrifying, scary thing, humbling thing, but it's also a very freeing thing. It's a a double-edged sword, I will say, like everything. So the more I've become aware of God's presence, the more, and just spending time in the word, um, reading about God's will for us, the more I become aware of my sinful thoughts, every hurtful word and deceitful action. In a way, it's, you become more painfully aware of where you're going against the grain when you're not walking the path. Yet we have free will, so I can continue to do what is wrong. You know, even though I know what is right, I can continue to act against that. 
And even though I know he is there, I feel him there and see him there, I can still continue to act how I would like. He gives us free will. It's just terrifying when you begin to learn the truth, the real truth about things. Like you no longer have any excuse. And so when you don't, have an, when you don't act in accordance with what you know, you are violating yourself, your conscious. You are violating God in a way. You know, most of us, I will say, in most cases, we know what we need to do. We know what we should do. Yet we rarely, we don't always act in accordance with that. And when we don't, that's when you feel that guilt and that shame. That's when you know you've done something wrong. Because maybe you don't have any outward action, outward. Maybe there's no outward punishment. But the punishment and the reward, maybe there's no external outward punishment or reward. But the reward is felt or the punishment is felt within yourself. Because you know when you did something that was right, even though you don't receive an external reward, praise, validation for it, the reward is found within. Same with the punishment. God is always watching. You cannot even conceal a single thought from him. Yet, you know, on one hand, I'm saying this is a, a terrifying thing. But on the other hand, there's so much freedom in this. And I have found this freedom... I've experienced some of it. It's not like it's always there, but I've experienced some of this freedom through prayer and speaking with other people. And I'll start with prayer and how this has begun to help me remove some dark corners in my life and clean up around the edges within my own heart. And when speaking, I'm assuming you're in the Word daily, trying to learn Scripture, trying to learn God's will for our lives. If we're not in the Word, then we don't have a solid foundation to build off of. You need to find that balance between having allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, but you also have to have something that grounds you. Um, and so that's what the Word offers us. It's It gives us, it's something we can be grounded in. So prayer for me has been an opportunity to speak out loud to God, to tell Him what is on my heart, you know, the things that I'm struggling with most, whatever's going on in my life. And I try to, when I do pray and I have the opportunity, for some reason, this is just in my experience, I enjoy saying it out loud. That always helps me. It helps me stay more focused too. And just something about putting it out into the world, like writing your thoughts on a piece of paper instead of just keeping them all in your head. There's something that is very freeing, um, illuminating as well about that. And so just having that chance to speak out loud with him. So something I struggle with, lust, it creeps into my life. And something that has been helpful is like through prayer and continually bringing this into the light through communication during prayer, God has done work in my heart. And I never used to understand what people meant when they would say, you know, give it to God and he'll do the rest or God is doing the work. I always, I, I want to plan. I want a system in a way where I can just do X, Y, Z, you know, I'll be absolved of my sins. I'll be freed from this thing. It'll all be taken care of for me. I, like I want some sort of guideline to having a relationship with Jesus. I want a cookie cutter template of how to pray, how to have this relationship. So this is something I've struggled with. And that's where I was saying earlier that it's just what's on your heart, giving him what's on your heart your dream, just giving him everything, just handing it over to him has been very helpful for me. And just through continually giving him what is on my heart, you know, what I'm struggling with, seeing where I am 
going against the grain, going against God will, God's will and giving him that, he has begun to help me make changes in my life and remove desires within me. He has done the work in me. He has wedged himself between me and this lust that I struggle with. And I, there's so many things I struggle with, and that's just one of them. And But I just have begun to see this work where those desires are not there like they used to. And I was able to cut something out of my life that was no longer serving me. This doesn't mean, you know, that these temptations still aren't around us, especially with lust and sexual things. You know, it's all over the place. And this doesn't mean that I still don't give in. But he has renewed me inwardly by a complete change in my mind, as he says he will do in Romans 12 too. And the part that is even crazier is that in my head, part of me was like, okay, I want to give this to Jesus. I want to be done with this. But I also, part of me was like, I was scared to let go. I still wanted to desire lust, and I still want to desire that lust at times. I thought I was going to be missing out by giving that up. I didn't want to give it up, but through continual prayer, and it's something we have to continue to be steadfast with. You know, because if you stop praying for it, you're going to fall victim. You're going to fall into the trap. Through continual prayer of giving it to God, and those humble times, almost feeling shameful, even painful, you know, to say, like, God, this is what I'm struggling with. It sounds weird to say, but that's just how I felt with it. You know, bringing it into the light, he has changed my heart. He has done work in me. I just don't, I don't have the desire like I did. And I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel more free than I ever have in this weird way. And this is something like I've never experienced before in my life. And I'm sure this is different for every case. As some chains in our lives are much heavier, they'll take much more prayer and more time to be freed from these misguided passions and desires, these chains that have weighed you down for so long. They just take a lot longer to break. But the cool part about that is you can continue to dive deeper in prayer, be more steadfast in prayer, and grow deeper in a relationship with God. I always love the rubber band analogy. You know, those who are pulled back the furthest are going to be shot the furthest forward, the bow and arrow, whatever. You know, but if you pull yourself back way too far, you're going to snap. So it's that fine line, but there's still so much potential in those who feel they've been pulled back very far. My point is really, though, that taking that time alone with God and voluntarily showing him all the ugliness, all the misguided desires, what is on your heart, which he already sees, you know, he already sees it. He just wants you to bring it to him because he's not going to invade. He begins to do work in you through the Holy Spirit, and it's unexplainable. The Holy Spirit works in no no two cases are ever going to be the same. I just want to share my experience because it has been very profound to me. This is something that I never thought, I didn't think it would happen like this. And every case, again, I'm sure is different in how he goes about it, but it happened in a way, like I said, that I never had imagined him renewing my mind in a new way. And the the word repentance, um, I think John says that uh, as he's paving the way before Jesus comes. He says, repent. And what it really means is to change your mind, to turn around. And I think that's what he's done, is attempting, you know, through repentance, through talking with him in prayer, changing my mind. 
helping me walk a different path, helping me turn around. And I said earlier, it is terrifying yet freeing. Terrifying because I can't hide anything from him. And to admit this, that I've been, you know, what I've been secretly up to, to acknowledge your sins and bring them to the light, into the light before him is not easy. It wasn't easy for me at least. Yet so freeing because he will lift these chains from us. He will free us. Jesus does the work in us, but we have to allow him to do that work. And secondly, I had mentioned speaking with other people as well and how powerful this can be in the removal of dark corners in our lives and from our hearts. When you pray, you're shining the light in on the darkness, and that is between you and God. But God gives us other people. And when we speak about our struggles with others, it is sometimes even more terrifying. Yet there is also so much freedom in this. For me, at least, I try desperately to protect this image, to paint this perfect picture of myself to others, to look and appear flawless, to have appear like my lines are straight, right? I don't want to admit to anyone what's really going on within me, what I'm doing in the dark. You know, uh, Johnny Cash, God's going to cut you down. What's done in the dark will be revealed in the light. And, you know, Jesus says that too, but it's just, it's true. It will be in time revealed in the light. I don't want to admit to anyone that I'm struggling with lust, that I'm struggling with these desires to smoke weed and get high. I'm struggling with this desire to overindulge with food to just pig out and gratify these desires of my body, of the flesh. I don't want to admit that. It's, it's because it's, uh, it's cutting away of my ego. It's cutting away of my, this image I've tried to create and protect. It's humbling and difficult for me, at least, to speak these words out to other people especially because I feel like I'm going to be, you know, condemned for what I've done. I feel ashamed, like people will think less of me, like others aren't going through this struggle, you know, and I think part of that problem is holding such a high view of what others think about me instead of having God as at the top of the pyramid and putting him first, but mostly the shame, it's just the shame in putting these words out into the world through conversation, you know, bringing them into the light. And I can write about these things, these struggles in my journal. No one's going to read my journal. It's, it's, there's some freedom in that, but it's, it's really having the courage, the courage to take that next step and start sharing this with other people. And I'm a Catholic. A few weeks ago, we had confession, which was my first time doing confession in years, you know. And I've always kind of scoffed at the idea of, of confession. Why do I have to confess my sins to some other guy to be absolved from them. And it's not even that, um, you know, I became, I just became very aware of something real this past time that I did it. Um, and I, God forgives you for your sins. I don't think you have to go to confession, but I think there is something, confession through another man. You can go through Jesus. But I think it's, what you're literally doing is bringing your sins into the light. You're examining your own conscience and laying them all out openly on the table and allowing them to be lifted off your shoulders. You know, I said, like I said, I know God has forgiven me. I know I've been freed from my sins. I don't feel I need a priest to absolve me, but there is something in the outward admittance to another person, whether it be a friend, a stranger, a priest, a therapist, in whatever case, that just lifts weight off your shoulders. After I got done confessing, 
and, and I was hesitant. I was like, they, they recommend in confession, you bring the most grievous thing, you bring the hardest thing to light first. And I was like, it was difficult. To, I could feel like those words, they wa- I wanted to bring them out, but I didn't, they were stuck in me for a second. And then I brought them out and I walked away just, I, I was smiling. I shook the priest's hand because of how free and literally light I felt after that. It was just such an eye-opening experience by just confessing and laying things out all on the table, bringing them into the light. It's like they don't have the same power over you. You know, you can't fight demons in the dark, but when you shine the light in, it's a whole different thing. And the devil's job, you know, part of the devil, um, you know, the devil, the great adversary, uh, the prince of the world, all these there's all these things attributed to him. Um, his job is to divide. That's one of his, that's something he does. To make you feel separate and alone in your sin. Because God is love. Love is the perfect bond of unity. It makes things cohesively work together. And so, and because that's relationship. God is relationship. There's a relationship between all things. And when they're working together well, that is love. But when they're divided, they can't work. You're cut off from the vine, so to say. So the, the devil's job is to divide. You know, he wants to make me feel, you feel as well, like you're the only one struggling with lust. You know, you're the only one who says that you believe in Jesus Christ, yet you're dealing with lust. You're having all these other desires going on. He wants to make you feel like you're alone. And so when you feel like you're alone, it feels shameful to put these things out into the world and to admit to others, hey man, this is what's really going on within me. You know, but when you take that first step and give it to God or giving it to others, we can bear each other's burdens. It's a very courageous first step. And it's a very solid foundation that you can build upon. You know, taking that leap of faith, having that courage to put that out into the light, it's a very freeing thing. And it... uh, that confidence, that courage, that bravery, that humility in that, you can continue to stack that by doing that with things you are struggling with. And you just find more freedom because the things you have to keep in the dark are the things that you have to defend and protect. And that is ego. The ego defends and protects because it's terrified that what it truly is will be revealed in the light. The soul is unashamed. The ego is terrified. You know, say say you call me out for something I've been up to that I don't want you to know I've been up to. You find out I've been up to it. I'm going to defend that for my, I'm going to defend my, I'm going to go to my grave trying to defend, like screw this other guy calling me out for what I've been doing. That's all ego. I'm trying to keep things in the dark. I'm trying to protect things. But it's courageous to take that step and bring things into the light. And Jesus, like I said, he wants all of us. He wants to come in and make us spotless without any blemishes. And this is the slow process of sanctification. But through prayer and with others, you can shine light into the darkness of your heart. And when you do this with others, especially with others, it gives them permission to do the same. Like, hey man, this is really what I'm struggling with. They are not feeling that same shame. You know, you were vulnerable. You took that first step. And it's also, it's so important to have people in your life who you can talk to. You have to be wise as well in who you're sharing things with. 
you know, if you're struggling with lust, I don't know if that's, that's not something you maybe go and tell everyone about. You, you find that one person in your life who you can share that with or those few people who are going to be gracious to you and who are going to help you guide you through it and keep you accountable. And I hope in this podcast episode you found some value. Uh, please feel free to reach out with anything. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Sharpen the iron. And I will see you next time. Have a great day.